Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. With the passing of Betty White on New Year's Eve, a viral challenge has gone out on social media. On what would have been Betty's 100th birthday on January 17th, people are being asked to donate $5 to an animal rescue or shelter in her honor. We'd like to invite you to consider a donation to Sale Ranch in Temecula, a 100% off-grid nonprofit sanctuary offering rescue and refuge to animals discarded by our food industry. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that a visit to Sale Ranch will change your life. Here to tell us more is founder, executive director, and heart and soul of Sale Ranch, Jen Sale. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I always enjoy our chat. And I thank you. You are so sweet. Jen, Sale Ranch is only a few miles away from Temecula wine country, but it really does feel like this haven away from civilization. Tell us about this 10-year journey you've been on from living and working in Orange County to creating this beautiful sanctuary. Yeah, my husband and I moved out to Temecula when our youngest daughter graduated high school with the sole intent to get out into a place where we could sort of spread our wings. We had some elbow room. We wanted to be off grid. We wanted to garden and just kind of work towards self-sustainability and just quiet, like a very purposeful life, but in small beneficial ways. And so we moved out to Temecula and I love it. I absolutely love it out here. I had no idea that you could be in the country 15 minutes from the heart of the center of town. It's pretty amazing. And so we came here, again, just to sort of simplify, get off grid and just quiet things down, but also be more intent on a purposeful life. And so we came out here and we immediately started looking to rescue a couple horses. One of the things that was really important to me was to be able to rescue horses. Maybe, you know, the thought was rescue a couple horses, rehab them so that Dave and I, my husband and I could ride. I'm a horse girl and I grew up riding. I was bit by the horse bug when I was a young girl and they're amazing. Horses are so amazing. Like they're just magical unicorns in real life is what I call them. Uh, It's just such an honor and privilege to be in their presence. And once our youngest daughter graduated, again, we wanted to get out to the country. But really important to me was to be able to save uh, horses. And we thought initially, you know, we would rescue, you know, a couple that we could rehab and ride. And then we were just going to be very purposeful in that. 
we would rescue one or two at a time, rehab them and adopt them out. And the first two horses that we brought in, I learned about the horse slaughter pipeline and I was pretty blown away and I was pretty heartsick because as a kid growing up with horses and being immersed in that world, I did not know that there was something called a horse slaughter pipeline. And I was pretty shocked and saddened to learn. And Dave and I were like, how is that possible? Like we're been around horses. We love them, but we had no idea that there was this backside, this horrific and heartbreaking backside um, to unwanted horses. And the numbers are absolutely astounding. And so it was one of those moments where we were like, oh my gosh. So the first two horses that we rescued were pretty messed up. I mean, they came from extreme cruelty, neglect, abuse, and it took a really long time to earn their trust and work with them and help them heal, not just physically, but emotionally. And by the time we were able to help them remember that they were horses and it was okay to do horsey things and just be loved for who they are and not what they could do for us. We just thought, man, I don't know if if adopting them out is the right move here because what if the people that we adopt them to maybe aren't patient or kind or they can't get the animals to do what they want them to do? We were worried that they would end up back in the slaughter pipeline and bad things would happen. So pretty quickly, we realized that the adoption part wasn't really our thing and that we were more of a sanctuary. So. We did this for the first three years. We had a couple donkeys and we had just a few horses that we served. And we had purchased the property that the ranch is on now. And we were dry camping. We literally lived in a trailer with nothing. We had water trucked in for the horses. I sat with a headlamp on my forehead at night. uh, And we lived out of an ice cooler. Dave was still working in Orange County, so I was out here by myself a lot of the time. In this little tiny camper, we had three dogs. And then I got a phone call from a friend of mine at the time uh, who was in horse rescue here in California. And she was at a livestock auction for slaughter. And she came across a pile of newborn goat babies, a pile, a large pile. And they were all dead except for about a dozen. And she panicked and grabbed the babies that were barely alive and started calling around for help. And so Dave and I were like, first of all, who throws babies away? Like that was super crazy to us. And it was another light bulb moment where there's these backgrounds of the true reality of certain industries that we just had no idea. And so we didn't know anything about goats. Like we did not know anything, but we thought they clearly need help. So in addition to thinking like who throws babies away, we said, we'll take two. They were critically sick. And out of the dozen pulled that day, only five survived. And we had two of them, Kid Rocket Mm -hmm. and Clover. Mm -hmm. And Clover saw her third birthday and we needed to heal her into heaven because she had a severe autoimmune disease and her quality of life just was not good. Kid Rock, we just celebrated his seventh birthday last month. So January 22nd will be our 10-year anniversary to the first resident we brought to Sale Ranch, and that's Chancey. He's going to be 30 years old. He's a black BLM Mustang who was in full, meaning in his mother's belly, when she was rounded up. She was a wild Mustang that was rounded up and delivered him in captivity. So in 10 years... 
We came out here 11 years ago to get off grid, simplify, live purposefully, rescue, you know, a couple horses. Now, 10 years in, we're home to 100 residents. We advocate for animals that are born into the meat and dairy industries and offer hospice to those that need it to be able to offer them a dignified and loving last chapter of their life. We do specialize in animals with medical needs. So through this journey, my gosh, like we learned so much stuff. It's like so many light bulb moments from not knowing about a horse slaughter pipeline to the dairy industry that we thought it was crazy that people threw newborn babies away. But to find out it's fairly common in the dairy industry, babies are born uh, for the sole purpose of stimulating their mother's milk production. So like you and I can't just walk up to somebody on the street and start nursing their babies. We have to have a baby in order to stimulate our milk supply. And that's the same thing for animals. So if you have a dog or a cat, you have a plethora of options to go to a hospital if something happens. But if you're a farmed animal, you're seen as livestock, living stock, living stock, things, property objects. There is not a hospital locally that will treat these animals. Farmers will absolutely tend to their herds. You know, if somebody gets sick or hurt, they're definitely going to tend to them because they want them to get better. If they don't get them to market, they don't get paid. But sanctuaries, specifically farm sanctuaries, and now some private homes, they will spend the time and the extra money to get them healed and healthy. So Phil Ranch is really a hospital at many times during the year. And we really are the only option to even try to save these individuals that are critically sick or in a medical crisis. And we can do that, not because of me, I'm not a vet. We can do this because of our medical team. We have an incredible team of veterinarians that we work with that enable us to be able to serve those individuals that are discarded by the meat and dairy industries or, you know, elder horses. Horses are very expensive. They live a very long time and they uh, suffer a similar plight, you know, when they're no longer wanted. So being able to intervene and offer happy ever afters to those that have been unwanted, discarded, abandoned is pretty amazing. And we bring them here, we get them healed and healthy, and then we offer our residents forever refuge. And we work really hard to make sure that they're truly living their best life. So we serve them in their physical needs, but also their emotional needs. We work on so many levels out here, Vicki, from being off grid, from rescuing individuals from an industry that utilizes so much of the world's resources that we're doing it while we're reducing our own footprint. We have gardens here, so we actually grow fresh produce that we feed our residents every single day, seven days a week. We compost their manure to decrease our waste. We pull water from the earth. And the entire ranch, the entire operation is powered by the sun. So we're not connected to any utility at all. And it's pretty amazing. Sale Ranch is such a magical and healing space. And what it has become over the last 10 years is really so incredible. It's such a healing space for everybody, regardless of species. And I'm excited to see where we're going to be in another 10 years. We're as on fire and as passionate today as we were when we started. We have huge plans to continue to be part of the 
greater good and a beneficial presence in Sale Ranch kind of way. There are so many amazing stories that the residents at Sale Ranch have. But I think my favorite is that of Mama Joy and the Cowboys. Can you tell us about them? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I would love to. This little family is so special. And they really sort of encapsulate what we do here and why our life-changing work is so important. Mama Joy is a 14-year-old dairy cow. We rescued her from an organic dairy farm uh, in Northern California. Again, she's 14, which is pretty rare for a dairy cow. They are usually bent and killed when they're much younger than that. But she's 14. She had 10 babies that were all taken from her the moment that they were born. And when she had her last baby, her milk production decreased. And she just wasn't seen as Uh, profitable or valuable or worthy of staying on the farm. And so after 14 years of service, she was being sent to the slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. And a compassionate farmhand from this dairy reached out and wanted to try to save her life, wanted to try to give her a retirement with love and kindness instead of, you know, the alternative. And so we said we would absolutely take her. And we did. We got her here to the ranch and she was incredibly sick Her body was covered in mites. She had severe pneumonia and left-sided lung scarring from not being treated. So one of the really interesting things about uh, organic is that I think we can all pretty much agree that factory farming is not good, right? They pump animals with hormones and antibiotics, and they're kept in very filthy conditions, typically. And um, it's just not very great. So organic We typically think, you know, we're going to pay more for organic because it's clean and the animals are treated better. And Mama Joy spent her life on an organic dairy farm. But because it's organic, that means there are no antibiotics. So if an animal is raised on an organic farm and they get sick and the farmer cannot heal them homeopathically or naturally, they are supposed to treat them with antibiotics. But when they treat them with antibiotics, they have to notify the organic industry and they need to remove them from the production line. So oftentimes that doesn't happen because if you remove an animal from the production line, that decreases their money, right? Their worth. And so Mama Joy was incredibly underweight. This particular farm was really, really dirty. They had several diarrheal bugs. So all the animals were living in like a poop soup. Mm. And it was really pretty disgusting condition. So when she got here, she was very skinny. She had severe stomach bugs, again, covered in mites. And she had pneumonia. And she probably had pneumonia, like, I can't tell you how long, but a long time, enough to cause severe scarring in her lungs. So mama came to us and we started working, you know, around the clock to get her healthy and just try to offer her an end of life full of joy and compassion. And about a week after we welcomed her to the ranch, we got a phone call that there were several bull calves. So several boy, male babies that were born on this farm. And one baby was born blind. The other baby was born with an atrial septal defect. So he has a little tiny heart between the two upper chambers in his heart. And then another baby. So we thought, okay, we specialize in medical needs. These babies present such a beautiful opportunity 
to not only help them and give them a life full of safety and love, but it also gave us an opportunity to create a family of their very own. So we got the babies, picked up the babies and took them straight to UC Davis. They spent 10 days in the ICU up there because they were so incredibly sick. There were actually seven babies part of the rescue, but two of them didn't make it. Because what happens is on this farm and many farms, babies are born and they're taken immediately from their mothers. If it's a male baby, they are typically either destroyed at birth or they're sold off to the meat industry. Many of them do not even get to get cleaned up by their moms or get their mother's first milk, which is called colostrum. It's full of antibodies because animal babies are just like human babies in that when we're born, we don't have an immune system. So the first milk that we get from our moms is full of antibodies to help us build our immunity. And boy babies typically don't get that. So mm. these babies were introduced to filth, poop soup. They did not get the colostrum, the antibodies from their moms. And they were literally born and put away and just left. They didn't even get the most basic of care. So by the time we got there, they were 48 hours old. They were already shutting down. And many of them were critically sick. And like I said, two of the seven didn't even make it. With around the clock, top of the line, best vet care possible. They're just so critical. Mm. So when we brought the cowboys home, who we affectionately call the three boys, the cowboys, they were in strict isolation for many weeks while we worked to get them healthy. And when we did, we introduced them to Mama Joy because in our heads the whole time we thought, oh my gosh, we're going to make this like beautiful little family. They're going to live happily ever after. And then we thought, well, Mama Joy is pretty old. What if she's like, you know, listen, this is not the retirement that I was signing up for. <laughs> we, we didn't want to like push anybody on here, but it was just such a beautiful opportunity. So once the cowboys, the babies were healthy, we took them over to introduce her to them. And she made it crystal clear immediately that she wanted these babies. <gasps> she wanted them she moved for them. She was grooming them through the fence when we were introducing them. And so we started taking the babies down to meet her. But I was a little concerned because, you know, one of the babies, he's pretty frail and, and he was born blind because we named him Waffles. So with the Cowboys are Whiskey, Walnut, and Waffles affectionately known as the cowboys. Um, and they were all born by different mothers, but they were all taken immediately. So they got their mothers taken from them. And Mama Joyce always had her babies taken from her. So we introduced them and she was so in love with them immediately. And we started doing play dates and she has adopted all three boys as if they are her own. She is teaching them manners. She's showing them cowy things, right? So like, well, we can do, we can love them like crazy and we can feed them and we can help them with their medical needs. We're not bovine, like we're not cows. So there are certain things we just can't do. So she is able to do that for them. And they have healed her heart in like the most oh. amazing and beautiful ways. She is so happy. Her IVS, her belly has calmed down significantly. She has warmed up to everybody here. She's very affectionate. You can just see her radiating. Like she's so peaceful and joyful and gentle and she loves these babies. So it's pretty amazing. All four of them were destined for death. Three of them, well, 
I suppose all four of them were pretty critically sick. Three were definitely like death's door. And to be able to be part of their journey from broken and dying, discarded, to healed, healthy, and thriving, and to be able to create this beautiful family through love that they have each other to heal is, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's really amazing. And it is such an absolute honor and privilege to serve them. And to be part of their journey and their story is just something that is so very special. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I get to be part of their story and part of all the stories at Cell Ranch. I mean, we have 100 residents and they're all alive because of our intervention. Many of them came to us in a severe medical crisis and would not be alive without our intervention. So, you know, Mama Joy and the Cowboys are just one family of stories of multiple families of stories here. And I want to ask about one of the newer residents at Sale Ranch. Tell us about Archie. <laughs> yes. So little baby Archie, he is adorable. This baby is like the cutest baby on the internet right now. Like he's just (laughs) broken the interwebs. He is so darling. Archie is a Christmas lamb and he was orphaned at birth. And the farmer gave him to a young girl to take care of. And she couldn't get him to eat. And he wouldn't eat. She couldn't get him to eat. And he started declining right away. And so... She kept him for three days, and when he was dying, she reached out for help. And Archie was critically sick. He had a couple underlying infections, but Archie doesn't have a suckle, meaning he can't drink from a bottle. He doesn't have the reflex for suckling, and he just doesn't really have the communication between his brain and his mouth to get him to suckle. So that's a problem. His mom didn't teach him how to do that. And he didn't get food, so he went into chronic dehydration and starvation mode as a newborn, as a neonate. And he didn't get colostrum either, so he doesn't have the antibodies, so he's immune compromised. And he can't eat, so so there's a lot of things going against him. So he ended up coming to us, and we actually tube feed him. So he gets his nutrients uh, via a tube. He's gained five pounds since rescue. He's doing fantastic. His infections are cleared. He's bright, and he's alert, and he's now starting to run around the house, and he's doing really well. So our hope and our prayer is that he will continue to gain weight and get healthy, and Once he is able to really eat hay and he doesn't need, you know, milk or the bottle, he's going to do fine because he can chew and he is already starting to kind of snow plow the hay a little bit. He kind of plays Uh with it with his nose, Um, but he's darling. Um, And Archie is just, you know, he's another resident of Sale Ranch that would not be alive without our intervention. The baby cannot eat on his own. Like it would literally have to tube feed him and make sure that he's getting his caloric intake. He's also lactose intolerant. Uh, He's got some belly issues. But again, every day he gets stronger and he's doing beautiful. And if you visit our social media pages, he's just darling. He has got the sweetest little fuzzy face. Um, And so I'm grateful. So to see him show up, you know, very quiet, 
not doing very well to see him jumping up on the couch and running around with one of the dogs. It's really darling. So yeah, he is beautiful and he's a very, very lucky baby to be alive. You refer to the animals who live on your ranch as residents. Tell us why. Yes, we do see them as residents. We see our animals as individuals. We don't see them as livestock or production units. We see them as living beings that they are. We're different species. Clearly, we do things differently than animals do. We don't have, they don't have the ability to reason and and do some of these things. But we're all born with a nervous system and we all have an innate will to live. And every being, regardless of species, craves kindness and love and attention. We don't just see them as prettily packaged things on a market shelf. We see them for the beautiful feeling individuals that they are. Um, And because they're here, um, you know, at the refuge forever, we do see them as individuals. And I guess that is why we call them residents or refer to them as residents. And tell us about the volunteer opportunities at Sale Ranch. I think it's notable that you really emphasize the relationship between the residents and the volunteers. Yes. Our volunteer team is so amazing. We have about 60, 60 volunteers and we're growing. So we do things out here a little bit differently. Everything we do is like the highest quality across the board. We have a hundred residents. That's a lot of work. And to be able to provide the best quality of care and clean environments, it takes a lot of people. We are a smaller organization. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have millions of dollars in donations. So we rely on the kindness and generosity of others. And our volunteer program is so awesome. And I'm so proud of it because we do things a little bit differently. So our volunteer program, we ask that our volunteers come and they actually interview with us so that they can see who we are in person, what we're doing, if it's something that they think that they want to be a part of. We ask for one day a week, three-hour shift. That is their shift every single week, same time, same place. And we assign our volunteers to specific areas. And why that is so amazing is because, one, it takes a little bit of time for people to come and get their groove on in the sense of how I like things done, what the expectations are. It's a lot of work, but we need to know that everybody's safe. Our volunteers, our animals, like we want it to be rewarding and good for everyone. So there's training involved. And then instead of having our volunteers bounce around and work different areas, again, we assign them to one specific area so that they can put their whole three-hour shift time and energy into making that area perfect. But the really beautiful benefit of that is that as folks come here and they're working in their same area week after week, they get to really know our residents and our residents get to know them and they end up forming these beautiful deep bonds of friendship that wouldn't happen otherwise. So I think that that's really beautiful. And our volunteer program is critically important for what we do. I'm one person. I cannot do all of this alone. It literally takes a village to do what we do. And so we love our volunteers. We do like quarterly appreciation dinners in the garden with them. We try to highlight them in our stories often because these are generous, kind people that are giving of their time. They love animals and they've got a few hours a week that they want to give back to their community and they want to serve in this way. And they come and they work their butt off. So we appreciate them and we love them. And it is so amazing. Like we see like 
the healing that happens. Feral Ranch is such a healing space regardless of species. So you come to serve, but then you end up serving yourself. Like the reward is so incredible and your heart just overflows with such joy. And I get to see that too. I get to see friendships develop between our residents and other volunteers. It's so great. I love our volunteer program. We have, like I said, 60 volunteers and we're growing. We also have three employees because again, it's a lot of work to do what we do here and do it on the level that we do it. We're very hands-on. So we don't just save animals, you know, bring them here and, and work really hard to get them healed and healthy and just throw them in a pasture and leave them. We serve our residents in their entirety. So we serve their physical needs in addition to their emotional needs. So we, you know, have enrichment. I touch everybody here every single day. We do chiropractic care, acupuncture, energy work, Animals love music. So we're always looking for local musicians to come out and just serenade them for an hour. They love it so much. So we just really want to do everything that we can to ensure that they're truly living their best life. We clean the ranch twice a day. We have a morning crew and an afternoon crew. And again, our volunteers are so critical to that. Do you have plans for expansion? We do. So we're actually uh, in the process of negotiating another 20 to 30 acres that we can expand the sanctuary on. It will also be fully off the grid. We'll be expanding our gardens. I'd love to be able to offer like a community garden. And then we're going to be building an education center as well as another dairy cow pasture so that more Mama Joys of the world can come and get the retirement that they so deserve. Sale Ranch is typically not open to the public, but you do open it up a few times throughout the year. Can you tell us about those opportunities to visit Sale Ranch? Yes. So we are a closed property, but it's really important to me that we're able to connect with our community. While social media is a great place to share things, not everything you see on social media is what it is in real life. And specifically for our donors, we are a nonprofit. We're 100% donor-based. I think it's really important for those that give to us that they have an opportunity to come out and see in person, in real life, what their donations are helping us do. In addition to that, because we're big on the advocacy and the education, not everybody gets to live like I do, right? Mm -hmm. So to be able to come out and hug a cow or belly rub a pig or hold a baby goat or lamb, you know, it's a very special and it offers a connection to animals that are typically seen just as things on a shelf. It gives another perspective. And our goal is always to soften hearts and change perspectives through kindness. Sale Ranch is a judgment-free zone. We're not here to tell anybody how to live their lives, but we do believe that kindness is for all of us, regardless of species. So being able to open up the ranch a few times a year to have our community out to come and see our residents and be able to experience them the way that we do is really amazing. So we offer just a few events a year, but our next open ranch is in March. And the best way to keep up to date with all things Sale Ranch is to check out our website, saleranch.org. And under our event tab, you'll see that we offer private tours, but any upcoming 
uh, events are listed there too. We do like a quarterly seasonal dinner. We do a spring open house, a fall open house. It's pretty neat. So you can learn uh, more information on that. But the next uh, opportunity to come see us in person is in March. And everything everything that we do here, Vicki, is on a limited basis. So we're not a huge commercial property. We can't have hundreds of people out here. We still have to stay within our county's guidelines and, and rules. And so everything we do is very limited and all of our events sell out pretty quickly. So again, to learn about any upcoming events and stuff, you can just check out our website at cellranch.org. And if someone were to take that viral challenge and donate $5 to an animal rescue or sanctuary of their choice in honor of Betty White, and they decided to donate to Sale Ranch, how would they best go about doing that? Oh my gosh. So thank you. So that would be hugely amazing if your listeners would like to give to the animal residents of Sale Ranch. Donations can be made on the website at Sale Ranch. We're also on Venmo, Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary, as well as PayPal. We're basically all over the place. So you can just look up Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary and you can give that way. I've been speaking to Jen Sale, Executive Director and Founder of Sale Ranch Animal Sanctuary in Temecula. Is there anything else you want us to know? Oh my gosh. Well, just come see us. If you live local, Check out our volunteer program. We're always looking for helping hands, especially as we continue to grow. 2022 (laughs) promises to be a really big year and we're excited. So with growth means we need more helping hands. So if you have time and you can make a commitment to one day a week for at least three months, check out our volunteer program. If you can't volunteer, consider a donation. If you're not able to volunteer, you're not physically able to do that, or you're not financially um, in a position to give, consider following us on social media and telling your friends and family about what we do. Interaction on social media also helps get our word out about what we're doing. And so maybe if you can't volunteer, give financially, maybe somebody that you know can. So there's lots of ways to help us and we're grateful for all of it. Thank you so much for talking with us today and thank you for teaching us how to live more kind and compassionate lives. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm always so grateful to chat with you. You know, it's such a magical space here and I just want I want everybody to know about what we're doing here and why it matters and how incredibly magical and beautiful our residents are. It really is a safe, beautiful space. And that is no exaggeration. A visit to Sale Ranch will indeed change your life. Thank you so much, Vicki. Appreciate you. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.